Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I'm here with L. Renee Edwards of L. Renee Coaching, and she is a love and relationship coach. How are you? I am wonderful today, Sarah. Thank you so much for this opportunity, and I'm excited to get started and talk to your audience today. Okay, so we were giggling before before this recording, right? right. And we were talking about dating at different ages and different stages. Yes. And Renee was sending me some love in the first <laughs> couple minutes of our conversation. And we were just talking about the difference in dating in different decades of oh, life. Well, can sure. we say it that way? Can oh, we yes. say it that way? Yes. Yeah. Yes, well, tell us, tell us a little bit, Renee, about uh, the reality of things and, and how it really is going down. Okay. Well, actually, what I was saying to Sarah was, um, that, you know, I understand how it feels. I'm almost 50. I just turned 48 this year. Um, and I think I look pretty good. I think I'm taking care yeah, of myself girl. pretty well. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when I look at beautiful young women like you, and you guys start talking to us about love and relationships, I have to say, okay, we didn't, we didn't make it that round. When we see women who are already married in their thirties, not to put anyone down, but at the end of the day, it's a different story. It's a different journey. Uh, once you reach, I think the age of 40, 50 and beyond, um, partly because I think that society has just begun to write our narrative. And one of the things that I had to begin to do as a single in my forties, never been married. I don't have any children. Uh, I have what I call bonus children because I teach school, but, uh, because I've never been married. I, I was so tired of people looking at me and asking me questions like, you don't want to be married. You don't want to be in a relationship. You don't want love. And I, I was like, no, I, of course I desire love. I want to be married. I'm the, the soppiest, sappiest person in the world. I love, you know, love. I love all things. I cry at weddings. Of course I want to be married, but I understand how sometimes women my age look at women like you and we think they don't understand what we're talking about. They don't understand what we're going through. We, we appreciate the encouragement, but we definitely... <laughs> Well, yeah, you being a cheerleader for us, but at the end of the day, once you've gotten past the age of 50, people tend to look at us as if we're pariahs in society. And that's just the truth. And that's all we were talking about. Yeah. And and do you see that more often with people who've never been married or is it also with people who've been like divorced and then they're kind of alone in their 50s again? No, I think uh, I think if you've been ever, I think it's more so for women who've never been married, because at least if you've been married once and let's just be honest, most relationships now people, you know, have been married once and maybe, you know, it just didn't work out. And a lot of times and even statistics say that the second marriage, the second go around tends to be a, a better fit, a better. You guys have learned more and all of that. But if you've never been married, I've had men and women ask me. What's wrong with you? Literally, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong. So I think sometimes we just tend to assume that if you've never been married, that there's something, you know, missing with you. Oh, I, and how sad. You know, I know yeah. you're, I'm, today's, 
<laughs> this is funny. Today's actually my anniversary and I forgot. Oh my gosh, happy anniversary. <laughs> and here's why I forgot, right? So we got married overseas. Okay. Okay. So October 21st, I think it was our anniversary. That's a little password for some things. Don't worry, nothing mm-hmm. important. <laughs> my home computer. <laughs> you know? so, so you have, you know, a little fa- October 21st. I remember that. And then uh, mm-hmm. my husband's like, hey, do you want to go out to eat tonight? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, and he was like, oh, happy anniversary. And I was like, what? Our anniversary? So he goes, but we had to legally get married in the States because it wasn't legal overseas right right uh so he's like oh it's our anniversary it's like oh okay uh so <laughs> i don't remember how i got off onto that but you know when you and her, you're in a happy relationship i'm in a happy relationship but we haven't always been right okay. and that's right. something to important to remember right like sure. where we can connect that that fear sure. of am i going to be alone that fear of is anyone going to choose me that fear of i'm not worthy of being chosen that yes. fear of whatever that insecurity yeah. mm-hmm. um process you, how do you help women through that or what advice do you have in that um and that's such a perfect point one of the things that i've understood just in my own journey and this is where my coaching business begins i don't talk about things that i've heard other people say that works and i don't put that down but i'm only sharing with people what worked for me um i think that's important too because sometimes we want to make every single person be in this cookie cutter three steps to a date you know seven steps to the love of your life and it's just not always a cookie cutter experience um but what i do think about is the fact that i share with women that number one we all want a question answered we all have a question am i pretty enough am i enough am i too much Uh, Do you find me lovely? Do you find me beautiful? All of these things, do you desire me? And that's what we're all looking for. But what I think we get kind of off off kilter sometimes is when women are feeling like, uh, because this person didn't answer my question, then I'm not, there's no answer for me. Do you, you understand what I mean? Oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. I want to recap what you just said and make sure they understand that. She said, we all have a question, right? And it's like, when we're going on dates, like mm-hmm. you take your question with you. And yes. mine was, are you too much? You, you yes. mentioned that one, right? So yes. I had been told I was too much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so am I too much for you? Yeah. Am I too much for you? Am I right. too much for you? And mm-hmm. if someone doesn't answer our question or that person mm-hmm. saw they fit and gives us mm-hmm. an answer that doesn't make us feel good, mm-hmm. it can and start us feel- in another shame spiral. It's, there we go. That's exactly what happens a lot of times. All women, I mean, if we even go back to, you know, a a faith-based perspective and we talk about Adam and Eve, the whole story starts with Adam, I mean, with Eve, with this question, right? Because she had everything she was supposed to have, technically, but yet Uh still... She was convinced that she didn't have enough. So we all have that internal question, I think, where we're always wondering. I mean, you look at little girls. That's why I'm a daddy's girl. Uh, And one of the things I think why we tend to be daddy's girls is because those are the first men in our lives that answer those questions. They tell us that we're enough. They call us pretty. They tell us that we mean something. We feel cherished and loved and all of those things that give us attention. It's the same thing as as adults, especially when we get into the age of 
40, 50 and beyond, we're still looking for that. But a lot of times we we get confused and think that if you don't answer the question correctly, that it, I internalize it and I felt like, oh, it means that I wasn't meant to be loved or it means that I am too much. I'm answering my own question. And actually, that's what we actually do when the person we're looking for and we're interested in, when they don't answer the question, then guess what? Women being how we are, we'll fill in our own blanks. And then yes. that keeps the cycle going, right? What? I'm going to wait for you to tell me. I'm already telling myself, yeah, I did too much. I shouldn't have said yeah. this. I shouldn't have said that. And that's not true. And that's what I want. I want singles to change their narrative. Write your own story about what being single is for you. Don't let anybody tell you what being single at this age should be, what it shouldn't be, how it should feel, how it shouldn't feel. Only you can write that narrative. And I think a really important point is just because someone doesn't answer your question mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to question yourself. Oh, that's so good. Yes. That right? is one of the main things that I work with my clients about is helping uh-huh. them get out of their own way. Yeah. We get in our own way by doing what you just said, by answering our own questions uh, and just allowing those answers that we give ourselves to be the truth when they're actually not. We are the worst critics. Let's just be honest. Women, we we can criticize ourselves. We'll celebrate and uplift each other. But I try to work with women who are ready to get out of their own way. Stop talking yourself out of what you actually do desire by answering questions that that aren't even true. <laughs> you know, you just said they're not even true. They're not even true. And, you know, sometimes people say, I said, is it that you are, um, if somebody has been through a bad breakup or divorce Mm -hmm. or something, it's like, well, was it that you aren't lovable or were you with someone who wasn't good at loving? Exactly. Some people are not good at loving and they are never going to be able to answer those questions. And maybe people have had a dad who wasn't good at loving. And so those questions have never been answered. Never. Do you, I have discovered through my research and just working again with love and uh, relationships, I have begun to understand that I believe almost 80% of us never stop to actually ask, ask ourselves, are we ready for love? That's what I consider the beginning. Are you prepared for what love brings? Are you ready for this love that you've been dreaming about and fantasizing about. And what you just said just, just confirms what I've been doing and working with understanding that we've got to, there. we do put a lot of assumptions on what we think the person that we're interested in should be and what he should bring to the table. Do you know why? Because we listen to the television, we listen to yeah. our girlfriends, we listen to what everyone else has to say, but the reality is we're all flawed. We all have issues. And if you keep assuming that the person you meet is going to be this perfect robot, then you're setting yourself up before you even meet him, before you even get a chance to know who he is. And sometimes you'll even keep good eligible men away from you because you're already guarded, assuming that he's not. nobody is going to be good enough. Like you're secretly wanting him to be good enough, but you're already setting expectations that nobody can fulfill, you know? And I I have found this weird balance of like, Mm -hmm. you have, okay, no one's going to fulfill these expectations. They're too high. And then there's this other like spectrum of like, you put up with what? And like, once they're in, Mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, you put up with this? 
Yes. What do you mean he was doing this? What do you mean? Right. right? And right. you know, I'm right. not pointing any fingers. I put up with plenty I shouldn't have myself, right? Oh yeah, and- we all have. <laughs> yeah, we all have. Trust me. We all have. And, and if you it- say you have it, you're lying or you're seeing yes. it for real. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and finding that balance, right? Yeah. Of um, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Right enough. There we go. And that was something that I personally struggled with because I'm a PK. My dad's a pastor. My grandpa. My dad's a pastor. Are you? Yes. 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 I knew something about your energy. I love it. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Then you understand my story. Um, this is where Single and Safe in the Kingdom was born because I, I co-authored a book and I started talking about the fact that uh, everything that I had learned about love, especially from a, a faith-based, a Christian background, was so surface. Nobody talked about the reality of love. I looked at my grandparents. They've been married almost 70 years. I looked at my parents and they've been married almost 50 years. And from a glance, it looked so easy. And I thought that he was supposed to have on a suit and a tie. We're supposed to go to the same church. We're supposed to sing on the same hymn book. You know, we're supposed to serve on the same committee. And I thought that was love. That's all I thought. They just said, don't get pregnant and don't uh, have sex. Let's just tell the truth. That's what they said. And so that was the basic education I got about love. Well, now in my 40s, I'm like, they left out a whole long Bible work of reality of what actually happens. And so when you said that, you know, back to your point earlier, we are extremists. I don't know why we are like that. We either go all the way to the right or all the way to the left. And what you said is what I find a lot of my clients deal with, where they're either gone to one extreme or the other. Either your wall is so high, it has Teflon, nobody has the strength to fight over every single insecurity you have, or you think that in an effort to be more uh, accessible, you just let your guard down and let them do anything. And that's not what we're saying either. That's not what we mean. (laughs) You know, and so I talk a lot about perception. That's what I had to begin to understand. God had to show me that the way I was perceiving love was affecting how I was Uh, reacting to relationships, how I was getting along in relationships. If I had a perspective, even although, again, my parents are married and always been together, but I had to begin to understand that my perspective was based upon just what I saw. They didn't talk to me about relationships. They didn't talk to me about love. They didn't talk to me about compromise and all of those things, although I saw it, but it was from a bird's view, a bird's eye view. So it didn't mean that I still knew that. And then I was trying to apply what I saw in the relationships that I was in and it wasn't working. And I was like, well, what's missing? Well, number one, the way I understand love, number one, because I saw my dad waiting on my mom hand and foot to a certain extent. He he treats her like a queen and all of these things, not knowing, wait, she groomed him, number one. I'm pretty sure that th- he didn't start out that way. And I'm sure that it developed into something. So that's why I think it's just amazing that, you know, platforms like yours allow us to really talk and go deeper than just the surface of what he looks like and, you know, whether or not he's somebody you know he's tall enough or you know what kind of money and I'm not saying that those are not things and qualities to desire but again I've dated men that had money I've dated men that 
were the epitome of the image that I was taught to have. And guess what? They were still jerks. They were still cheaters. They were still liars. And most of all, they still wasted my time. That is what I want to focus and work with. Women who are tired of time-wasting relationships. It's okay. <laughs> if he's not the one, it's okay. Maybe I should do a t-shirt about that. I don't know, but I just feel like we need to say to ourselves, it's okay. Dating is supposed to just be where I'm getting to know you. Not we're ready to walk down the aisle and I'm trying to picture how we would look in the pictures and how would we get along on the the barbecue with the family, it's, it's slow down. <laughs> well, and I slow think down. that teaches us to lower our guard, right? Cause somebody asked a question, they'd been out this guy for two months and mm-hmm. they really liked him. It was going really well. And mm-hmm. she's working with me. So there hadn't been any mm-hmm. red flags, blink, mm-hmm. glaring red flags. She goes, well, how right. do you know he's the one? I said, uh, <laughs> whoa, (laughs) let's slow down. Okay. Let's slow down. And he's the one, as long as he's behaving as he needs to behave, not, and you need to be behaving how you need to be behaving too. That's not a power play or power dynamic, right? right? Right. It's like, well, is he a good fit for you? Does he keep showing up for you? Is he consistently kind for you? Is he acting in integrity towards you? Mm -hmm. And you, we think about, we want our dudes to have integrity, Okay. Right. See, yes. But yes. We don't have the integrity to walk away. Come on. If we need to, we're not acting with our own integrity or committing exactly. to ourselves. I exactly. do not. You know, we push away our own integrity. We push mm-hmm. away any chance of committing to ourselves, and then, mm-hmm. well, why is these guys committing? Why aren't they committing to me? Why aren't mm-hmm. they acting in their integrity? It's like whoa, 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 whoa. No wonder. Right. Right. Because you're not committed to yourself. Right. You're not committed to you know, as I say, be intentional with fidelity about the the people that you entertain. That's not committed. I mean, you have right. to be committed to what you say you want. And that's what I mean. 80% of us don't even know what we want. We think we do, or we have a very sketchy version of what we want, but we don't go deeper. And I don't know any successful relationship ever that they don't eventually have to go deeper, that it gets beyond just what you look like and, you know, how good you are in bed and, you know, how we look in in the society going out as a couple. It has to go beyond all of that. And if you're not ready for that, it's okay too. But I think we put so much emphasis on just the end result and we forget all of these, these really important details along the way, like you said, like integrity, you know, like boundaries. What's wrong with boundaries? I don't, you know, I don't understand why it's okay for him to have boundaries and for him to say how he feels, but I'm over here clenching on the inside because I'm afraid to speak the truth about what it is that I want and need. That's a red flag for you, not him, you know? And that's something I kind of focus on too. I'm understanding my journey was that before God sent the man that I love and that I'm marrying, what he had to do for me was this. He had to challenge me. I had to go back and challenge myself about my whole perception. You know, the fact that I had horrible boundaries. I was a fixer. I was a problem solver. The guys that I was was dating, they were always, you know, the project. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fix about projects. projects, Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and it just and and don't get me wrong, I was confusing some people that maybe I was supposed to be in their life to help them, not to love them, not to marry them. <laughs> maybe I was supposed to be there just to be a good friend, but mm-hmm. I was assuming that everybody that I had chemistry with, oh, this could be the one. This could be the one. And he began to challenge me to say, "Now listen, is this what you even really want?" And then when I began to speak what I knew was my truth, I started seeing a different type of man even approach me. And I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be honest? You can be honest. I would hear people say that and I would cringe and want to just gag. And I would be like, I'm so sick of hearing that because it made me feel like I was doing something wrong. Well, the truth was I was doing something wrong. That's why it was bothering me. It was something on the inside that was trying to let me know you're not you're not even living up to the standard that you expect from yourself. So what why would someone of a better caliber come and approach me when I'm when he if he looks at my dating history, he's like, oh, I can just do whatever I want to do. So it was a challenge for me, you know, and I, I can go on and on because point out what you said. Just said. Oh, I just want to point out something you said. When you look at my dating history, I yes. think I can do whatever I want to do. Hmm. Yes. That's pulling it back to the integrity piece. That's pulling go. it back to that commitment to yourself piece, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. people say, "How did you meet your husband?" Mm-hmm. They don't say, "Who were you when you met your husband?" Oh, that's good. That's good. Right? For sure. Oh, for sure. They don't ever ask that. You know, we and again because that's surface stuff. That's cute to talk about at a dinner party with your girlfriends or girls' night. It's cute to have those, as I call TBN answers. That's beautiful. But the reality of it is that when I'm really going through, I'm gonna want to talk to women that are married or women who've been in long-term committed. I want the truth. I want the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I need to be challenged to do my part. Like you said something earlier as well. Uh, I was thinking about that when you said that, you know, we expect the man to be so much, but let's go there. You know, most of these men, even if they've grown up with the father in the home, there wasn't, there. Uh, men are not the best communicators anyway. So you, you, you might as well assume that pretty much he may not know either. But we a lot of times put the pressure on them to be the ones to know how to love us. But you don't even know how you want to be loved. Look at your Reach it again. Reach it again. That's what I'm saying. You know, I was like, whoa, whoa. You can't expect the men to be relationship experts. And again, it's at extremes. Yes. You're expecting these men to be relationship experts, but then you're Mm -hmm. also willing to put up with these projects. It's like, yes. oh, there's this whole like middle world where all the exactly. good men live. Exactly. Now people say, where are all the good men? In the middle of yeah. those two extremes. Exactly. That's where I all the good men agree. are. I completely agree. And you know what I say, even when you say that about, you know, where are all the good men? One of the things that I had to understand is that the good men are at home too. They're tired too. They're tired of being rejected too. They're tired of women playing games too. They're tired of women asking them for bill money and we just went out to a movie. I mean, why am I, why are we already talking in, why are we going so fast is what I'm saying. That's what I hear because I have male clients as well and they're saying the same things. They're still traumatized from old relationships that haven't had, you know, adequate closure. So it's not that they're not out there, but they're still as well, at least they have enough uh, I'll say wherewithal to know when they're not ready. We will be 
bruised and broken and still out there saying, girl, I'm ready to get married. No, you're not. You didn't get healed. You didn't get healed. When? Or what day were you ready? Because the last time I spoke to you, you were in tears, eating ice cream, talking about, I don't know why he did me that way. And the next week you meet Billy Bob and you're talking about you're ready. What day? What day? Because I wasn't there. That's what I tell my clients. I love that. Renee, we're going to hit a pause and, and, and get into part two. But before we do, tell yes. people where they can find more about L. Renee Coaching. <laughs> okay. The name of my coaching business is called The L. Renee Way. You can find me on uh, Facebook under Renee Edwards. You can always send me an inbox message there. You can also find me uh, on Instagram. I am the L Renee GA. I'm the only L Renee in Georgia that I know of. You can also send me an email uh, at the L Renee GA at gmail.com. Awesome. Thanks Renee for helping us become toxic person proof. All right. I love it. Thank you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.